Welcome to the Guitar Dads Podcast, a podcast for guitar dads by guitar dads. This week, super news for 2023, slash dishes some bad news, Fender Japan with an appalling release, and has Bono gone off the rock and roll train tracks? You too may agree with us this week on the Guitar Dads Podcast. Now, the guys who live where the streets have names, Matt and Dave. (laughs) Hello everybody, I'm Matt. And I'm Dave, and welcome to the pod, episode 86. Wow. 86? 87. 86. You know, I live on a street. Jeez. I live on a street that has a name, but it's like, it's very kind of remote, so it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a street sign. So does that mean that, because kind of like a private way that I live on, is that, yeah, is that, I, um, I think you're right. It doesn't have a name. Is that, do well, I live a on a street with no name? I think that's exactly what Bono was talking about. Yeah, he was talking about my street. I think that's very true. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, well, there you go. All right. Well, welcome to the pod, everybody. (laughs) Episode 86. And thank you to all our loyal listeners each and every week. We're really enjoying uh, watching you guys in our private Facebook group, At Guitar Dad's podcast comments and uh, all that stuff going on in there. Antics every week. And and also follow us on uh, Instagram where you can see clips of this podcast posted each and every week. So make sure you check us out at Guitar Dad's podcast over on Insta as well. And occasionally on YouTube. Occasionally. If occasionally. I can get my act together and actually post stuff. Yeah. Me too. And uh, and check out Matt's mo- uh, latest uh, post, ma- latest video where he uh, he showed off his uh, his new pickups that we talked about last week. Check oh, that episode yeah. out. Yeah, check His out. new pickups that he showed off from uh, in, his, in his telly from... Uh, 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 shut him out, Matt. Black Who, cat guitar. The, uh, black cat guitars, and, and the pickups are killer. The pickups, so, yeah. Custom wound pickups. You're gonna love them. I they love sound them. Great. Yeah, no, they sound awesome. I have. I'm still having a great time with that telly. I brought it to my band rehearsal, and I've never brought that to my band rehearsal. The telly, because you know, I didn't think it was all that great. But with the new pickups, it's awesome. Sounds good. And it's killer. It's sounding it's pretty great. killer. So there you go. They. I think I said that last time, but maybe I didn't. But here you go. That's where you it is. Yeah, I think you did. I think I did. Anyway, and one more shout out to the one more shout out to these guys. Oh, you're nice shirt, this, Dave. You will see my shirt. The L.A. Maybe uh, we had uh, Dallas Dwight, the uh, lead guitarist and lyricist, on a few weeks ago. So go check out that podcast. So, so, so uh, I've been listening yeah. to that album. I listened to that album a couple more times. The L.A. Maybe album. It's really good. I think that's an understatement. <laughs> It's a really great album, and it's great. And we happen to get a sneak preview of a new single they're going to release. Um, yes, as, as this podcast releases, it'll be like the next. Well, I think they said November first. This will drop later yeah, Sunday so, night. So basically, the next day, two days, they're dropping. Yeah. They're dropping a new single, and I got a preview of it. And let me just tell you, it's pretty kick-ass. It's good. It doesn't disappoint. It's pretty kick-ass. And there might be. So a, if you're listening yeah. to this pod now, you're probably gonna. It's probably out. Yes. Likelihood is that it's out right now. Yeah, yeah. You might. Uh, you might already be out. Go 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 check out the LA Maybe we love them. They're they're they have a podcast called Our New Your New Favorite Band. They might be our new favorite band, Dave. I don't know. They might be our new favorite band. I think that I they know. could they could take over the ranks of number one. 
uh, you know, and, and kind of vault over uh, Dirty Honey. You think they Let's will? Maybe we'll, oh, this is crazy. I think they might. Look, it, it, look it, we're calling it, out Dirty Honey. Unless you guys can get on this podcast, your, your spot as the official band of the Guitar Dad podcast might be in jeopardy. Might be over. It might, might be, be over. It might be over. So sorry guys, but we'll see. But it doesn't be two bands. But it doesn't matter. They're a kick-ass band, Dirty Honey. There's no doubt. So, well, speaking of bands, did you hear about? I mean, how many supergroups do we possibly need on this planet? But there's another supergroup forming. <laughs> yeah, I heard about this. Let's why get into you, our news you, and notes. Why don't you yeah. shout it out? Let's get into our news and notes. Yeah, this new supergroup is called Elegant Weapons. Yeah, uh, and it features Scott Travis and Richie Faulkner from Judas Priest. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yes. Rex Brown, the bassist from Pantera, and Ronnie Romero, yeah. who was the singer from Rainbow, killer singer. Yes, um, yes. So I'm really excited to hear music from these guys. I think it, I think it has the 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 potential to be fantastic. Yeah, this is pretty cool, think? actually. I mean, it's it's definitely going to be a guitar onslaught, and it uh, it's pretty cool. Rex Brown from Pantera is going to be in on it. I know, like Ronnie Romero. I haven't listened to a lot of Rainbow, but he's like a typical incredible. Um, I mean, not typical, but he's like an awesome singer. He's like a metal singer. He can do the screaming and he's awesome. So, um, it, it, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear, but I love Richie Faulkner. I think he's just got, he's got like such a feel to his playing. So I, I think this oh, is going to totally be, does. I think this is going to be pr- pretty cool. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to some new stuff, new project, new music. You know, yeah, it'd be pretty fun. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But there was huge news, Dave, that we have to address. Yeah, speaking of new, speaking of new project in a way. Yeah, because I don't really see this as the band continuing. It almost is like, I, I mean, you know how I feel about this. We'll get into this, but yeah, what's the news? Drop it. Because we were going to float it, this. It, well, it we're was, recording a couple days yeah, later. We, we were we, going to. They, they've actually, yeah. That's right. That's right. So we we were going to talk about the rumor mill swirling, and it turns out it was just announced the other day. John Five is replacing Mick Mars and Motley Crue. Mick Mars has announced he is retiring from music for Motley Crue, and well, at least retiring from touring because yeah. there's a couple different things that have been out there. His statement is a little bit more to the point, but then this, you know. You wonder if, if Motley Crue ever puts out new music. I'm sure he would be a part of it. Yeah, but. it's a good point, but I can't see that happening either because I don't think Vince is capable. No. But um, no. but um, but um, but John Five, he will do it. John Five, for those of you who don't know him, incredible kind of guitarist in the oh, guitar community. Good. He's he's a he's amazing he was always the guitar player for rob zombie so he's really like a he's even a kind of heavier player than usually here from motley but but he's very the thing that's amazing about john five is he's he's probably one of the most versatile guitarists you'll you'll ever hear because he can do the straight out down tune chugs and metal and the the deedly deedlies and then he can and then he can kind of clean up and play country he's a big telly guy he owns like a million tellies collects he's a huge telly yeah plays uh tellies with um with zombie which is kind of amazing yeah 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 and um, yeah, it really is you know so i'm sure he'll know, continue that kind of be kind of fun yeah i'm looking forward to it and, and except i'm not looking forward to hearing vince sing but i am looking forward to hearing the band with john five <laughs> i think that's going to be kind of crazy good yeah 
And we've so. talked about Mick in the past. I mean, Mick, we feel like is kind of an underrated player, um, but you know, hugely underrated. The whole sound, the Motley sound, you know, really, I thought revolved around Mick's guitar playing in the riffs and all that stuff. So, I mean, I know he wasn't the writer behind most of it. It was Nicky. Um, that's legit. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but. so that's legitimate. But at the same time, like, what what he brought to these songs and just his driving guitar sound and the whole thing was just just awesome so so you know mick hopefully he's doing all right we know i mean mick has been struggling with his um dave you know what it is like the spinal issues that he has his ankylosing spondylitis he's he's been dealing with that for yeah, years like he, and he so had, that's why he's not mobile on stage yeah i mean he had that when the band really even that formed yeah. yeah 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 so it's just been getting worse and now he can't obviously is you know i think the stadium tour probably real made him realize that this is probably about as far as he can take it and um and he's not going to be able to go on this on this European uh, leg of the tour with the band. So hey, good luck to Mick and and uh, what a what a the, you know quite a quite a um a, uh, a contribution to to rock music from that guy. So uh, you know hats off to him. Yep. I mean to deal with that kind of a, a, a condition and to do it at I think he's seventy two years old now to do a yeah. to do a massive stadium tour for as long as they did you know I, I totally understand he's probably like I can't go to Europe and call all over the world and do this next leg of this tour next year like this is crazy no. so you know good on him he made it through the stadium tour and you know. It's great. John Five will come and just completely kick ass, and um, you know it'll be fun. But but again, again, I can't see how Vince is going to even continue to pick this up. It's just it's. I think it's to only going to get worse. I think it's only uh, going to get worse. And speaking of worse, and then yeah. I alluded to this in the intro. Yeah. So slash slash was uh slash made waves during an interview and did confirm that there is going to be a lot more new music from Guns. And if Interesting. we if we assume that it's going to be in the same vein as what they've released, the two songs that they released, what was it, Hard School and Absurd, um, Absurd. Yeah. I, I am not looking forward to yeah. hearing well, this, but I'm going to yeah. listen to it anyway. Well, if it's more so. of this kind of, you know, um, what did what what did um, what did Brando call it? Chinese Chinese takeout. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if, it's, yeah. if it's more of the Chinese, no, Chinese leftovers. I'm sorry. Chinese if leftovers. More, if it's more of the yeah. Chinese leftovers, then I agree. I'm not really all that excited about it. I wish that Slash could, you know, write some new stuff and riffs and, and figure this out. Like the three of them get in a room together, Slash, Duff, and Axel get in a room together and write some songs. Not like this, like, in my opinion, n- not good stuff that Axel is bringing from the Chinese democracy days. Like, sorry i think it's just yeah axel's just trying to drive this thing and i don't know whether it's a matter of he's just not he's not allowing himself to be influenced by slash anymore or what or he's just yeah. like he's put the hard stop down and say no this is the way it's gonna go yeah i don't know yeah because yeah. it just doesn't make any sense to me and we we talked about this months ago when um with slash when this music came out yeah. and slashes slash was releasing four um with uh you know miles kennedy and the conspirators and we thought that that album was going to be so kick-ass that he was saving all of his good risks for that. And that album was good, but it wasn't great. And so it makes me wonder no, about what, he's, what they're going to be able to put out with uh, guns. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so, and, but, you know, you still got to hand it to GNR. You got to hand it to Slash for... Um, for working hard to get this music out because, you know, it's, I think it's easy for bands to kind of sit back and just be like nostalgia acts and that's the end of it. 
right? And, um, you know, like Journey. I mean, that's the way they are, Well, no, Dave. Journey just put out a new record. <laughs> I knew Journey you were going to say put they out put a out a new, new record. record. Nobody yeah. cares about the new record. It's actually, nobody cares, but it's good. It's, it's the it's guy's good. a clone of Steve uh, Perry. It's a, it's a nostalgia act now. Let's just be honest what they are. But the new music is good. I mean, I, it just, it might, you have it to see it for what it is. Good. It's good. It may be, it may be okay. I don't know. It's not Journey. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. Journey, but it's good. And yeah, I'm sure it's not bad. I mean, Neil Sean's awesome, right? So I'm sure there's some cool stuff on it, but it's not the the stuff that Steve Perry wrote. Anyway, um, you know, like I think I think it's good that GNR is continuing. They say that there's going to be more stuff coming up, but like I said, I hope it's more about Slash and Duff and Axel getting into a room and and writing some stuff. So we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, it's I agree. either way, it's going to be exciting to hear it. So. We'll see what happens. Well, is it going to be that exciting? Because if it's not that good, you're going to have to smoke a lot of weed to really enjoy this thing. And speaking of smoking speaking weed, of- did you hear? And speaking of almost nostalgia, did you hear acts, this? Did you hear that Bruce Dickinson, of course, lead singer of um, you know a little ba- a little lesser known band called Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden. Um, apparently went off on a tirade on stage about some people smoking weed in the crowd and how it just screws up his voice and it screws up the playing and all this stuff. Like, hey, Bruce, how long have you been in rock and roll? What? Are you serious How many shows have you played? And this is like, what what brought him to to finally come out and and scream at a crowd about this? Yeah, this was, um, I think this was at a a show in Anaheim. What? When they had just kicked off the tour, yeah, a few weeks ago. Why would he, why would, like, um, isn't that every show that they do? Maybe not. Pretty much, I would think so. And if it isn't every show that they do, why is it starting now? I mean, is it like the younger crowd going to these things? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't think so. I think it's, I, I don't know what, what compelled him to to go off in this tirade but he went yeah, off. Yeah, I don't I have no idea, but that's really funny. Um well, yeah, go well, check out there that you go. video. There's news and notes. That's news well, and notes. Well, speaking of crazy front men, um speaking <laughs> <laughs> This is this is kind of like a news and notes but we wanted to talk about it a little more. So Bono has come out and he's in the news again. He's been doing a bunch of of uh interviews lately. When why is he doing interviews again, Dave? Do we know? I think because U2 is realizing that they're no longer that relevant. <laughs> I, I, oh, oh, I know why. And listen, hold on. I, I we know love why. He's U2. releasing an autobiography or something like that. It's, some, it's yes, something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So he's, We love U2. Yeah, let's just, and we let, do. Let, let, the rec- let it go on record. We are huge U2 fans. But rele- you know, they haven't been relevant, really relevant in the rock scene for a number of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, so the interview that he's doing, like he, he's come out and he's publicly apologized for automatically loading their album onto every single iPhone. <laughs> yep. That was a song. Was that Songs of Innocence? Songs of, yeah, was, it was, was it was one of those things of innocence. In 2014. Yeah, yeah. yeah it right? was Songs was of Innocence, which then. I actually, I'll, I'll come out and say it now. I didn't find it to be a terrible album. I think there it was, wasn't terrible. I, no. I think there was some cool stuff on it. But yeah, I mean, as far as U2 albums go, I wouldn't say it was it was great. But song, I think Songs of Innocence and then the the follow up, which was, um, what was it? Dreams of Innocence? I don't know. I can't even remember. Something like that. Yeah. Phoning in the lyrics. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just typing in so I have the right the right name. But anyway, so yeah, that whole right thing he kind of we, you know. he kind of apologized uh, for that and um and 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 gave these interviews and then we then he he basically said he goes, you know, the Songs of Innocence, those two albums we were really trying to get back on the pop charts. Like he was very clear about this in his in yes. his, in his um 
in in his in his interviews he said so it was songs of innocence that was in 2014 that i think that was the one that was that was um preloaded on everybody's iphone and then it was followed up by songs of experience what i i found songs of experience songs of experience to be a little bit better but anyway the whole thing you know it, it was kind of a weird thing but he kind of o- openly said like look we were trying hard to relive that all that you can't leave behind and how to dismantle atomic bomb we we're trying to re- relive that to some extent he basically said and he's like and he's like, you know, we failed at it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. You know? And I'm glad that he's admitting that. That it's, I think it's good that he's coming out and talking yeah, about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. And because so, yeah, uh, so how to, um, how, uh, uh, you know, Atomic Bomb when that came out, that was like almost like a, um, like a a a, 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 a renaissance of, of of sorts for that band in oh, a way, yeah. right? I felt oh, yeah. like it was like it, it kind of it was like their second. It was almost like a, a reincarnation of the band and a and a second coming of like their popularity, and they just exploded when that thing. Well, came I out. you know what, Dave? Again, well, no, again, you know? I, well, that's true, but I think that really, do you remember all that you can't leave behind? Was there was a lot of songs that hit incredibly hard after nine eleven. That yes. that really that U two even though U two being a you know an Irish band not even an American band like some of those songs really kind of hit it really really huge um, in the light of all of that whole tragic time and in the and in the wake of that I remember they did an awesome a Super Bowl halftime show I think in two thousand two thousand one. No, no, in two thousand two would have been two thousand two. It would have been yeah, in two thousand two. Yeah. So, so they Super did this Bowl, incredible yeah. thing, you know, and they sang some of the songs from that album. So, I think that's what really kind of brought them hugely back a little bit because that prior to that was the pop album, which was good, which had hits, but but then I think you're right. So then the and then they kind of glided into how to dismantle an atomic bomb, and then it was just you're right. They were like on top of the world again. It was crazy. Yep. Yeah. It really so, was crazy. Yeah. And now they're talking about so now Bono's talking about he wanting to put out the next record being more of like a like a like a hard rock like ACDC type yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. feel to it. Which yeah. I feel like is I mean, they this is gonna go one of two ways. Either it's gonna be really epic, you know, to me, as to hear like you know, the edge, like play the, this kind of style of music. Yeah, totally. Or it's going to be a complete flop. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I see this. So so what, what Bono said was he goes, you know, we were trying hard to kind of hit the pop charts. He's like, now I just want to make an album where we say F you to the pop charts and everything and just make a rock and roll album. And, and I think guitar, that's great. I love that. And there's this cool little exchange that he shared. Yeah, I agree. There's this cool little exchange that he shared. He goes, I called up the edge and I said, you know what? It's time for us to make this FU, you know, album, this guitar album. And then the edge is like, is this the call where you call me and say we have to make a rock album and F you to the pop charts and all that? And he goes, yes, it's that call. <laughs> and the edge goes, that's <laughs> our job. <laughs> that's our <laughs> So I I just feel bad for I feel bad for the edge because you're gonna put an album out like this and you know it's not gonna have the the delay sounds on this thing and the, all the, the you know his modulation effects and everything and that's just not gonna be the same. <laughs> well, Poor one edge. of the well he has he finds ways to do because you think you think about one of their most straight ahead rock songs from 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 Atomic Atomic Bomb was um, Vertigo right and he he, Vertigo, he, he yeah. finds yeah yeah he he finds ways to get his um 
Yeah, that riff, that riff really is great. Yeah, it, that was from a Yeah, he totally poem, does. Right? I'm not like an expert yeah, yeah. on everything you two. Our friend Dave. No, it totally um, was. Yeah. Dave was Merrill, is, if he's listening to this, he's like, you guys, I'm, I'm going to kill you all. Um, he is. Yeah, he will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ver, ver, Sorry, Vertigo Dave. was the opening track on Atomic Bomb. So yeah. there you go. Anyway. And a great riff. It's just a great. Oh, yeah. So, it's yeah, just no, awesome. you're right, though. Yeah, he, yeah. He's able to kind of come out of that, like, that traditional or what you, you know, that stereotypical U2 that guitar sound, you know, um, and I think you're right. That that definitely highlights. Yeah, that he has. A, he does like so a think, B section. I think there's a potential here. He, he does. He does. He has like a way of doing like a bridge that is all delayed out, even though the rest of the, co- the verses and choruses are straight ahead rock. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool stuff that he does. But anyway, I'm looking forward to see what they can actually come up with. Let's see if they can really do it. Let's see how it goes. Um, I think U2 is somewhat of a polarizing band. Um, we happen totally. to like them a lot. I think some people find them very annoying, and I can t- and I can. I can totally see why you uh, feel that way because like some of the stuff can get a little bit weird and it's like really like what's going on here but um <laughs> and self-righteous there's definitely that kind of those pe- self-righteous those pieces oh, of totally it. is yeah I can see that but at the, overall I just think they're awesome and I, I you know the stuff that you two the stuff that the edge does I mean I don't know how you can be a guitar player and not be into the stuff that edge does and understand his use of effects and the kind of ambient sounds and stuff he comes up with and it's pretty unbelievable stuff so um it really yeah. is and at the same time I feel like he kind of he kind of um spends his time in both worlds he is either an completely under underrated guitar player for certain reasons, yep. maybe because of some of his sounds and some of what he does. And then sometimes he is in the polar opposite end of that spectrum where people just absolutely think he's one of the best guitarists out there. And I think there's certain people that that don't think that do think I think the reason he's underrated sometimes is because of his style, right? Yeah, exactly. If yeah, you're yeah. gonna kinda you know, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. But I think and when we put together these lists, and I hate lists, but when you put together a lot of these lists, you have a lot of these traditional, maybe that's not the right term, but traditional type guitar players in whatever genre they're playing. I yeah. think, you know, the, the Edge has done a great job kind of straddling that line between a lot of different genres. Oh, totally. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. And I think that's why he is, can, he can be really underrated. Yeah. And, but, you know, I think what's underrated is, you know, y- using delay in a really creative way, right? And understanding yes. timing. And, and hitting it in a way that, yeah, maybe he's only playing like two notes, but it sounds like a freaking symphony that he's that he's creating, right? And, and when you see it happen live, it kind of completely blows you away. So, um, I mean, that, I, I think it's hard to, yeah, yeah, maybe it's not some virtuoso playing uh, going on, but, you know, the kind of feeling you get and, the, and what that kind of brings to the whole, you know, the whole kind of, um, experience of the, of what they're doing is it's just amazing. And, and you can't, you can't like, you can't really kind of, you know, just cause he's not like a virtuoso guy doesn't mean he's, you know, you don't even feel it, you know? So exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. It, and it's true. Like the, the non guitarist, you know, uh, fan, it doesn't view him as the, the way that most guitarists do, even if you don't like him, you can still appreciate the fact that, you know, how he's dialed in his sound, yeah. how he's used his effects, how he's playing his guitar, to, to, to kind of jive with those effects and in the, in, totally. in the, all the in-betweens with that is just an, an incredible thing that he's he's been able to do for years, for decades. You know, yep. it's pretty incredible. Yep. 
Yeah, man. So you know he all. So he he's a he's a big Fender guy, and there was some uh, news that kind of thing that kind of broke the internet of sorts, I guess, uh, recently too with Fender. Should we talk about that? Yeah, go ahead. Go yes, ahead. No. Oh, yes. so I caught you in the middle of a sip. Yes, well, I'm going to let ahead. you lead into this because there was there were some comments um, from the uh, from the from Fender CEO. Yep. You want to? Uh, yeah, there was some comments from that the, open. There was some comments from the CEO. Yep. And um, so he, you know, he did a couple of interviews in the last, I don't know, a couple of months or so, and he kind of revealed a lot of information that they had gathered. And a lot of this isn't super new, but I thought it was interesting to talk through like what they discovered and how they're thinking about things and what's going on. So I guess the one thing that like he talked about when he took over in 2015 is, um, you know, how it's working, what the current state of affairs and the guitar industry was. And he really got into detail about some of the statistics and data that they had. So, and, and, and this had come out in the past, but he was just a little more clear about it now where he said, you know, um, even back then there are a lot of, um, I'm trying to find the stat here. Uh, 45% of the guitars that Fender sold, this is in 2015, um, went to first time players, 45%. Wow. Right. So that's, that's kind of staggering. That's pretty staggering. And then they also found out after that, again, that he had said this in the past, but it's interesting to talk about what range though. I wonder where, what range, if you kind of, if you, if you kind of peel those layers back a little bit more. I'm sure it's the Squire. I mean, of course it's all, it's it's all that lower price stuff that sells the most. Um, but, um, but then he said that there was a 90% abandonment rate. He had come out and said that a few years ago and that made some news, but, um, and, and hmm. that's why they came out with a fender play and that whole thing. And the other thing that he hadn't really revealed is that w- women were the ones predominantly buying, um, I'm sorry, half of the new players the, of the, of the 45%, half of them were women. Wow. Right. So it's women that are doing this, which was a shocker that it's women that were new, new players. And they were mainly buying acoustic guitars. To me, that's to me, that sounds like the kind of Taylor Swift approach um, effect, right. I, we should say. But at the same time, you know, I think women kind of getting into acoustic, it's probably a little more accessible. There's not as much gear involved. Um, and then I, just knowing the women that I know that play guitar, they have acoustics. That's what they play, right? Because it's accessible and it's a little bit, you know, you don't have to deal with all this other gear, right? Um, yeah, well, I so, think that's true of a lot of like yeah. first-time guitarists. Too. Yes. You tend to kind of, when you straddle, you, you know, you straddle, you, um, you know, uh, walk into a guitar store, The a lot of times as a first-time player, you kind of like heading into that acoustic room because I think whether you realize it or not, it just feels more accessible, right? I hear, oh, to, I think, I think, I think that's right. totally true. Here's the other thing that he revealed, which I thought was interesting. Women were buying guitars online because in brick and mortar stores, they were not treated properly, nobody to relate to. They were just very uncomfortable in stores buying guitars. And I can, I like that, that's been confirmed for so many women that I know, whether they play drums, bass, you know, I have a a female bassist in my band. She will not buy a guitar in any store. She's just very uncomfortable going in there and, you know, having to deal with all the questions. And listen, you know, we, yeah. Yeah. So, 
I mean, we don't, we don't, we certainly never get political on this show, but that's just the the way the world right now seems to be. You know, a lot of this kind of stuff, and then you know, equal treatment of women, even you know how many years we we fight over this stuff, it still rings true today that that women are just not always viewed as is equal to men, and especially in the music oh, world. The, you know, oh, and there's some yeah. there's some yeah. absolutely killer. Uh, guitarists, if we want to keep this, you know, keep the theme of the guitar dads, you know, we get there's some absolutely killer guitarists out there that are female, and there's just some absolutely killer artists that are female that don't get the recognition that they deserve because they're female. Yeah. Let's just be honest, totally, about yeah, it, right, totally. And we love to kind of fly the flag, the flag to these women bands. Um, that we like, yeah. like Plush is an example of a great one. Like the Plush. warning that we saw the, the um, warning. The, um go over the summer. Um, you know, there's some great ones out there that are just kicking ass. Um, and yep. it, Thunder Mother, Thunder Pussy, Thunder Mother, Thunder Mother. <laughs> no, really, no, they are. are they're bands. awesome. We've bands. They're about awesome. Them. It's just yeah. hard to say that with a straight face, but they they are <laughs> yes, awesome. Right. So yeah, they're out there and they're doing it. And, you know, I think the other thing, like I have a female, like I said, I have a female bassist in my band and we're like a cover band, you know, and everybody just assumes that she's a singer. When she says, oh, I'm in a band they they just assume she's the singer in the band. Right. So right. I can totally see like how she would be hesitant to go into a store and kind of talk to like the sales people and deal with that. And, and here's the thing. She can probably play. I'll play all of them. Right, <laughs> so I'm sure she can. That's yep. what's funny. No, I, but we, I've was, seen her play many times. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that you know th- this just kind of con- confirms what I know, like from just in people that I know. So it's kind of interesting. So, um, you know, so so I don't know. So this is the kind so of how do you crack that? How do you crack that? Yeah. How do you crack that egg? Right. You would think at this stage of the game in 2022, we wouldn't need to be talking about this as much. But I think. Maybe in the, in the music world, it's just a little bit slower to advance. I don't know. I mean, and is it does it come down to the people that are working in some of these stores? Yeah, yeah. And just some of the you know some of the preconceived notions that people have, and oh, here comes a oh, woman. Yeah. She must be coming in for you know yeah. she doesn't know what she's doing or yeah. she's gonna go she, get an acoustic. Yeah, or whatever. she has no idea. But anyway, but I think I think that's what it is. So I think and Fender had revealed this not that long ago, and they came out and they said. You know, we should be concentrating on this. We should have more um, female artists, signature models, which, you know, I'll tell you the truth. I'll call them out on this right now. I don't see them coming out with a lot of those. I know her has a signature. Do you know anybody yep. else, a Fender artist who's a woman who has a signature guitar? Maybe I'm just No, not- I don't. But yeah, I'll, Okay, go ahead. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the other, you know, their, their, their biggest, I'll tell you, Fender, you know, obviously Fender's biggest competitor is, is certainly doing this with, with female artists. In terms of signature guitars, right? They definitely have taken the lead on this. So, well, they well they yeah, named Fender, Lizzie Hill. They, well, they named Lizzie Hill an ambassador. I don't know if they've been doing right. more signature guitars with women. They should be too. I mean, this is what it is. If these are people well, did, buying wasn't guitars, that, wasn't, who was who was featured on that when that Gibson Garage when Gibson Garage opened? Oh, and they there did were that, some um, women. Yes, there that definitely online thing. Women. There were some women, right? Didn't yeah, they have yeah. a couple women on there that were signature? They had some signature guitars. No, I can't remember. No, they well they had people. They had they a bunch okay. of people on, but they they don't have signature guitar. 
it's uh, basically Lizzie Hale is carrying the torch for women in rock with Gibson. I mean, that's it's well, a, you know which what? Is she's a great, a great you know, torch she's carrier. Great. So yeah, yeah, she's great. I mean, there's no doubt. But um, it's kind of interesting that's how it works. So anyway, so I think it is interesting that he's talking about this. Yet we don't see a ton of action from Fender on uh, like signature think, guitars for women. So anyway, it's interesting. So yeah, they need. It is very interesting. It's like it's a lot of you know a lot of lip service, but let's see some let's see some actual you know let's see some action going. The on other yeah. Yeah, definitely some killer guitars out there that deserve some uh, signature. The other model. interesting thing, which I haven't really been on the loop on, that he had mentioned in his interviews was um, reinvigorating Jackson, right? Um, the Jackson guitar brand, right? Um, and really, you know, to get out there with the crowd that's into that type of stuff, it's mainly like the metal scene that's into the Jackson. So I, I don't know if they've come out yeah, and Def Leppard too. Yeah, and Def Le- yeah, Def <laughs> Leppard, Def. Well, Jackson was yeah, it was definitely like a hair metal brand for a while. Yeah, metal guitar, yeah. And then it turned into more of the yep. metal, right? So it's interesting that he's talking yep. about you know it mean you know when we looked at the in- information and the data, we saw that you know really a lot of guitar players or metal players and um you know we should really reinvigorate the jackson brand and i think what they've done there is really um you know come away from only doing the kind of cheaper jacksons to doing the really nice american-made jacksons as well which i think i don't think they ever stopped doing american-made jacksons but i think they've come out i'd have to go and look but it sounds like you know they're coming out with a little bit more kind of kind of higher end uh, jackson to come after this market you just don't see them either when you at least the guitar because you know we don't we we don't have um we we have a few great guitar stores around around the Boston area, but it, they're a little bit harder to get to for us. So we end up kind of going into more convenience world, which is uh, guitar, guitar center. center. You just don't see the higher you end never Jacksons see in there. Maybe you you, never. Maybe you'd see them at Boston Guitars. Maybe you'd see them at Matt's Music. Maybe you'd see them at. I don't think they carry them. Um, no, I don't think they do. Um, no. What about Manchester Music Mill? Let's show. Well, them I mean, out as too. a Fender Custom Shop uh, place, they get a lot of stuff in Manchester Music Mill. I don't. I haven't seen the Jackson stuff there. So, so this is interesting, right? Like, are we going to start to see a little bit more of these? Is this is what he's kind of hinting at and telling us? So, anyway, I, I, I thought it was an interesting point that he brought up in this article. So, I mean, we'll see what it is. We'll see what happens. I think. I think they've come out with some signature ones like Jim Root. I think from uh, what is it? What is he? Yeah, um, Matt Mastodon. Where, where, what what band is he from? Slipknot. Slipknot. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I don't know all these. You know, I you think know right. Jim Root Slipknot, you know isn't he? Yeah, I mean, come on. I'm like, whatever. All these. Did I just get that wrong? I bands. think Jim Root is Slipknot, isn't all these he? Metal bands that just scream all the time. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. And, and anyway. Anyway. Yeah, but yeah, but, there's definitely some things. Um, yeah, Slipknot. You're exactly right. He's the Slipknot guy. Yeah. Um, and. Um, and if you if you're not into that thing, but you can kind of peel the layers back on, you know, get if you can almost like, you know, just listen to the guitar playing. It, there's some incredible no, stuff there going is. on there. So I think J- Jim yeah. Root's incredible. You know, that's why he has all yeah. those uh, signature uh, orange amps and all that stuff that he has. But, um, but it, yeah, this is the other thing that he kind of the kind of last comment he made in some of these things that I read is he said, you know, I really when I took over Fender, I really wanted to create industry growth and not just take market share you know and i think i think the pandemic really made that happen for them because i think you know they they had i think all guitar companies the bigger ones had um 
pretty much like the biggest sales years they've ever had over the pandemic um, with people buying no, stuff. No, I think you're so right. I, I yeah. Think, yeah. No, I know you're yeah. right. So I think he's seen that and that's kind of what they're doing. So, you know, I think they have to keep it up. You know, I've been, have you heard this, Dave? I've been hearing that a Fender is starting to have a little more of these quality control issues. Have you heard this in the YouTube community that's going no, out there? I have I have not. No, where have you heard um, this? I've heard it from some, some different YouTubers that are doing stuff. Um, I won't call them out publicly here, but I've heard it. And, and people hmm. are starting to get concerned about like, oh, you wouldn't think that we would have these issues with the with fenders it was always a gibson quality control issue now you're right, starting to see it with now, the american fenders so interesting interesting so we'll see Very we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens but um i mean that just could be because they're making so many of these things and they're flying off the shelves that you know it's hard for them to keep up and, and keep that quality up but i mean come on they gotta do a little better than that i would say so no, I think you're you right. Know, so, and now that now that we're talking about uh, Fender and quality issues, I just want to mention this because we uh, months and months back, maybe a year ago now, we did a, a whole episode about Facebook Marketplace, and we had uh, John Brunette from Rage on. Oh yeah, we um, talked about back Facebook, then, yeah. and we talked all about Facebook Marketplace and like the just the, the it's just a bastion of like filth out there for a lot of for you know yeah. a lot of secondhand guitars, and there's a lot of a lot of fraud, a lot of um. A lot of copies out there that are, you know, being put forward as, you know, as the real deal. And they're not just recently, because as I mentioned last week, I'm in the market for, you know, I want to probably, I want to get like another, I want to get another telly. I don't want to spend a lot of money on it. So I'm either going to get like a player series or another, um, another classic vibe, but because I want to keep it in open G Um, (laughs) and I know they have some tuning stability issues and I just want to do that. But anyway, I found a, um, you know, a player series telly. That was clearly a fake. I mean, this guy couldn't even couldn't even uh, you know admit it. But the, if you look at the the first of all, the paint job was a mess. Second of all, if you look at the the um, the headstock and the strings, like the 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 string tree was just a, a, a like a, at a complete disastrous angle, and the strings weren't even all straight. And you look at the Brit the um, the nut that was a mess and. And so I finally called the guy. I just had to call the guy out on it. I'm like, I said, you realize you're, you're trying to sell like, you know, you, 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 and I reported it. I'm like, you're trying to sell a, a fake here. So get on, take, take this thing off. The and then he goes, okay. And then he drops the price by a hundred <laughs> bucks. <laughs> well, what, so what was it, Dave? Was it like a, was it a parts caster that he was trying to I, pawn off? I as don't a, know. Oh, Okay. It said it, it. One of the first things that trick that tipped me off to it being a fake was the fact that his picture of the back of the headstock had his thumb covering. You could see it said "Made in Mexico," but it was like "Made in M," and then his finger, his thumb was covering part of the serial number. And I said, "Send me a picture." I just was toying around with the guy. I said, "Send me a picture of that serial number, and I want to look it up." And you know what? It didn't exist. <laughs> but it existed somewhere. So he wouldn't like paint a serial number on it. I think I don't know whether he purchased this and he got screwed. Or it was probably a parts caster he, yeah, of some kind. It might have yeah, been a parts yeah, yeah, caster yeah. of some kind, but it wasn't a good one. Yeah, you yeah. know. So either the way. parts caster thing is hilarious. I think we might have talked about this on the podcast, but people, it, 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 it cracks me up when people try to sell parts casters and they're like, "Look, there's two thousand dollars worth of parts on this guitar, so you should give me two thousand dollars for it." And it's like, 
uh, it doesn't work that way with this kind of stuff, nope. man. Yep. Like that was too, that was money that you liked. I don't know why people don't are like lazy about that, and they just don't take the parts out and sell the parts, right? So okay, you're like I know, yeah, no, like I might be point. interested in that bridge. I might be interested in those in those in those pickups, but I'm not going to trust your like, you know, assembly skills on this. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because that that is kind and, of part of the process. Why would I pay a premium is, on that? For you know, like that's who right. the heck are you? So, so you're like some Joe guitar yeah, maker, yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna just like pay you, drop drop you two two k because you put this thing together with these expensive yeah, although, parts or so called. But I do parts. think it, it is a way to get a deal if somebody is kind of too lazy to do that, and you can talk them down and say, "Look, I'm not interested. Like whatever, I'm not that excited." But if you can get it for less than the cost of the total parts, I think, or a lot less, I would say, then you do pretty well um i know people kind of try to do that to flip stuff which is a good it, it can be good it can be good so well it's funny because i was almost interested in it and it was um you know it was uh candy apple red and oh, it, was, nice. it looked really nice and and i and i the only question i sent to him was hey can you send, tell me take it take an actual picture of the whole back of the headstock yeah you know so i can just look up the serial number and he did and he sent it but then i was looking through the pictures a little bit more closely and i looked at the front Headstock and the way the strings were angled and like, they, I'll I'll send it to you if it's still online. It might not be. It might have taken it down now, but it was just like an obvious like, okay, this is either a part like you said, a parts caster, or he got screwed, or or whatever. You know, a poorly so, put together parts caster is what it is. Yeah, yeah poorly yeah. put together. And that and caster. Dave, that's another thing. Like you might even consider like maybe you put together a parts caster that works for you. You know, I, I might, think I, yeah. like, I don't think parts casters are bad. I think they can be great for people. You know, I th- I think where people, I, well, no, I, just, I think where people get get kind of off the rails on this is that they think that they can put something together for less than what you can go and buy a guitar f- for. That's where you, yeah, that's a fool's errand. That's right. It's never going to, you're going to pay the same, errand. you're no, going to pay the same amount, if not a little more, and you're going to have to do the work. If not, yeah. I, was, yeah, I was just going to say, if not more. The work. Yeah. So, but, but the cool thing is, you know, you get exactly what you want. So that's cool, right? So I, I, I'm not going to bash a part. I think a parts caster can be great if that's what you want, you know, or you could do something cool, you know? Uh, yeah, but there was, there were some nice GNLs out there too. Oh yeah, GNLs are great. So I might, might, might go that yeah, route. GNLs yeah. are great. But I just like, like I said last week, like the, when I, every time I put this classic vibe, I love that we love the classic vibe line, yeah. right? We, we're big fans of that. But every time I put this thing in in in, uh, in open G, um, and it's the only open tuning I ever put on the thing, but it takes if I tune it back to standard, it takes weeks for it to that just doesn't sound stay right more to me. stable. It doesn't sound right. So like, you know what? I so I gave up on it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna put. I'm gonna buy another guitar, and I'm gonna put that in open G. Talk to Black Hat (laughs) Guitar about this. I might have to. Yeah, he's gonna have to take. He's gonna have to take a look at this. Yeah, I think that's true. Because are we getting him on the pod? Yeah, he's getting on on the pod. Yeah, he's very busy. He's gonna be on. He's coming on. I understand. He's very busy. busy, When's he coming? He's coming on. Do we have a date? Um, do we have a date to to let our listeners know? Because this guy's working on it. This guy's yeah, good. Great. We're working on it. Well, that's what we'll say. All right. So we'll see. We and are. We got other guests that are coming up too eventually. So stay we tuned. We do have a so number of guests coming up for that. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we like I said at the top of the show. Check us out on Instagram at Guitar Dads Podcast. Come join the ever-growing private Facebook group at Guitar Dads Podcast over there. Have a lot of fun. We'll let you in. No questions asked. And, um, and again, thanks for listening every single week. This thing is growing. We're loving watching it. We're loving seeing the numbers go up and you guys enjoying the content. That's the biggest thing. 
so we know that we we know that you guys are liking it because uh, we're heading in the right direction. So please continue to leave us reviews, comments, all that stuff because it totally helps us grow and deliver the content that you guys deserve and we want to put out. Um, and yeah, what do you think, Matt? Was that was uh, this week's Guitar Dad's podcast? That's it. Keep rock alive. We'll catch you guys on the flip.